2: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
3: I'm Sheila Shoiga, and welcome to Ready to be Real Conversations, the podcast series where I chat to people of all walks of life. Some names you recognise, others you might not. But my hope is that these conversations will at times inspire, challenge, educate, comfort or simply entertain you.
2: This week, I chat to Sharon Myers, who goes by the Instagram handle, Our Wheelie Big Journey. So our whole mentality is making Noah feel that, yes, it might be harder, but it's not impossible. And your only limitation is your imagination. And he, I think he believes it at this stage. I think he
3: does. Sharon is married to Dennis, who's a builder, and they've two children. Sophie, who's a teenager, and Noah, who'll be 10 in March. And they all live in Mitchellstown in North Cork. Noah was born with a rare condition called Escobar syndrome. And in this conversation, she talks through the ups and downs of coming to terms with it. But she also talks about that time that they climbed the galty Mountains together and that other time that they went parasailing. It's an inspiring and heartwarming episode, and I hope you love it as much as I do. And I started by asking her about her Instagram
2: account. You've big following, don't you? Yeah, it, you know what? It's one of those things that one you know. You, You kind of look, I suppose there's no point lying about it. When you go on social media, of of course, you you're on it because you want to grow and you want, you know, people to watch you and that. But it kind of um, crept up on me insofar as how it got big so quick. And Mm. uh, yeah, it's but it's it's humbling. It's humbling. And it's nice to know that um, people appreciate what I suppose I'm trying to do or what our family or the message our family are trying to get across. So let's talk about that. Let's let's talk yeah. about the family. Let's talk
3: about you guys. And I'm going to go right back <laughs> to uh, when you were 18 and yes. yourself and Dennis were in the same school, the, the same class.
2: Yeah. The same class. So I know he would have finished a year before me because I decided I would do transition year. But um, essentially we have we we're born, bred. Raised in Mitchellstown, it's in North Cork, mm. and um, we went to the same or that we were in the, in the same town secondary school, and um, yeah, so I would have known of Dennis uh, growing up, but we wouldn't have really kind of integrated in the same circles, and of course, where else do you meet people back then? Only in the nightclub, yeah, and yeah. Um, yeah, so he had a car, he had a car, and I was um, eighteen, and. Yeah, yeah. Probably a bit shallow at the time. And I was thinking, <laughs> this fella has a lovely, lovely care. So I'm going to go up and talk to him. Uh, but Dennis would have been quite shy. So, yeah, I, I took control and said, you know what? Now I like you. I'm going to have you for, for a couple of months anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, we, you know, like like young love, it was you know, up and down and in and out and on and off. And sure. kind of we hit the 19 phase then and you oh, we might make this work. Um, a little bit better. And then, uh, surprise, I got pregnant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just before I turned 20. Yes. So Sophie uh, came along, Stephen's Day, 2005. And my God, I used to think, Sheila, that that was going to be my story. You know, when I got older, that, oh, about being a young mother and how um, our young parents and how we got through it and how we did it. And Yeah, and then Noah came along five years later and we went, oh God, right, life is a lot harder than what we thought." So I suppose after Sophie, we, we got the house, Dennis is a builder by trade, so we had a um, beautiful house, and we decided we get married. As my dad, so to always say, we did everything our with the baby, the house, and mm. then the marriage. And um, like a lot of young married couples, we said, you know, let's try for another baby, and um, we got pregnant with Noah. Before we get
3: into to being pregnant with Noah and and yeah. all that happened from there, just listening to you, it's like I'm. Not that I'm struggling to keep up because you've told me and I, I know this, but it's a lot. You crammed a lot into a short time and obviously, OK, so you started dating when you were 18 yeah. and you became uh, a mother at the age of 20. So th- that's, mm-hmm. that's a lot to process in a short time. And as you said, it, wasn't, it wasn't necessarily the plan. It just happened that way.
2: Um, yeah, and, it, and, yeah. yeah it, it, it it did. And like, you know, you look back, God, when I look back at the picture of the two of us in the hospital holding Sophie, I mean, we were babies holding a baby. And, yeah. you know, it's only now when I when I, I suppose, meet someone that age, you know, 20, 21 or whatever, you realize, my God, I was raising a child at that stage, trying to keep up with everyone else that was also 20 because, you know, you didn't want to miss out, mm. but at the same time, you had you had someone to be responsible for, and as well as that, we had a house, so we were paying bills. We were yeah, both working. Yeah, yeah. It, it, Oh, God. And, you know, the f- the funniest thing is not the funniest thing, but looking looking back, Sophie ended up having, um, you know, the hip dysplasia. And yeah. I, I'll never forget walking into the consultant's rooms at the time. She was nine months when she was diagnosed and coming out. And I mean, th- thinking my whole world was falling apart. Mm-hmm. And this is a small, small issue in comparison of what we've dealt with since. But mm. I suppose it is a message that I want if, if there is somebody that maybe has their child diagnosed with hip dysplasia. Yes, you know, whatever it is you're going through right now is hard at the time and you can only process that and go through that. So, you know, yeah, we were young young parents with um a child that was in a, a full body cast for six months mm. um and dealing with all that. So I mean, you know, that that was story enough. I had enough of a story to tell at that point. But um, it was fun, Sheila. It was hard, but it was fun. Um, and we did it all. We we were the people with the house. So, of course, um, of a Friday night, it was, uh, you know, the boys coming up playing game of cards with Dennis. And um, yeah, yeah, it was yeah, yeah. it was busy, but it was fun. And fair
3: play to you, because. You know, there are plenty of people who have found themselves in the situation where there's an unexpected, unplanned pregnancy um, mm-hmm. at whether it's a young age or whatever age, mm-hmm. but the couple don't necessarily stay together for whatever reason. Um, oh, and, yeah. and I'm sure you had your ups and downs and ins and outs and, and life isn't easy for anyone. And I'm sure you had plenty of, of challenges, but you're, you're, you're still here today. You're still here together.
2: We are, and you know what? It like any relationship um, aside from the, the an unplanned pregnancy is very hard, mm. and you have you have to work at it. You know, I know Pete, We all talk about love, and you know about um, loving or, or meeting someone and they're your soulmate, but my God, unless you're living in two different houses and don't see each other from one one end of the week to the next, you have to work at it. Like you know, there's no two ways about yeah. it, and and when you add, you know, an unplanned pregnancy or, you know, like in our case, um, a child with special needs into the mix there, you you do have to work a little bit extra hard um, because, yes, it's it's an unfortunate statistic that a lot of relationships don't last. And um but me and Dennis, look, we're still here to this day. Will we be still together in another 10 years time when the children are raised and gone out of the house and I'm looking at him and he's looking at me? <laughs> I don't know. What's your gut feeling? <laughs> oh, geez, yeah, we will. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Fick fake, fake, fake that, fake that. now. I'm getting the retirement out of him now. He's bringing me travelling around the world. I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> <brilliant. anyone> says. <laughs> But you're the real
3: deal. And that's the thing. I mean, I, I actually... And and this, please, I'm not trying to upset anyone who's listening, but I actually cringe when I hear the term soulmate purely because I think there's a huge amount of naivety around that statement, and I think mm. the issue of soulmates really needs to be discussed in in a in a fuller way because I think your soulmate is not necessarily your the person that you you share a bed with perhaps at night. Your soulmate can be a family member. Your soulmate can be a That's friendship so that you have it's someone that you connect with in a in a big way it doesn't necessarily need to be romantic but also your soulmate is not necessarily uh you know i don't know sunshine and flowers all the time your soulmate no. can be the person that teaches you some tough lessons that you learn Absolutely. from because you develop and you grow and and i just think there's a naive understanding of the term soulmate
2: There is, especially like um, in our case, because we were together so young, essentially we became adults together while raising a child. And I mean, those, your 20s are such formative years in Mm. an adult's life, Um, as in they're the kind of years most people go mad and have their fun and do their travelling and the whole lot. And we didn't have any of that. Um, And I think at times, obviously, we probably felt, um, you know, the, the fear of missing out, but You know, now we're looking at it and we're saying, do you know what? Are our 40s going to be our 20s? And yeah, I hope they will be. Love um, it. Yeah. So like, you know, there's always a brighter side um, and there's always, I think, if if Noah has taught us anything and I suppose like um, anyone listening now that maybe is a young man, that there is, you know, there is positives um and you know look forward to when you're older and your children are raised but you're not old <laughs> and yeah 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 you can get back to life you know so don't i suppose don't worry about it um if you're if you're at the start of your your
3: parenting journey mm. so at this stage right you're you're 18 you're going out you become a, a mom at 20 you buy the house you stay mm-hmm. there for about 5 years you're married then when you're 24 and yeah. then very quickly you find out you're pregnant again with your yeah. second child and this of course is Noah
2: yeah yeah so we would have found out that august that we were expecting um or beforehand and uh In September then, obviously, um, like anyone who's expecting you, you're brought in for your 12, 13-week scan. Mm. And at that point, um, I'll never forget it because we were... Um, if anybody has had a scan before, you'll know that your bladder has to be full, or this is what they tell you to yeah. get a good good picture of the baby. And she kept saying to me, "You haven't." Dr-, she did a short scan, and then she said, "You haven't drank enough water. You have to drink some more water." And I said, "Oh God, right." And I was like thinking, after drinking two litres of water here, so we I drank more water. And the next thing she came back and said, "You have to come into um, this private room, and we'll do the scan again." And then she said, oh, yeah, you've enough water drank. And the next thing, our world just our world fell apart. She said that there was um, extra fluid around the baby's spine and that um, it was a sign of, you know, some sort of genetic condition and that it was highly likely that uh, I would miscarry in the next couple of weeks. So, um, of course, you're devastated and I can all, all I can remember is I was bursting for the toilet. Mm. I was all oh, and all I felt I just all I could say to her was I just have to go to the toilet. I can't I can't get in this into my head. I need to go to the bathroom first. Yeah, yeah. And of course, um, I came back and she explained the whole lot that, that she would need to send us to. Uh, um, uh, I can't even think of the name of them now. They're the, the anom- anomaly scan doctor. Yes. OK. I can't think yeah. Yeah. Name. And we'd go to him. So we left the hospital that day and we'd go back at 15 weeks. And to be honest, Sheila, it was the next couple of months were just a constant um, barrage of cons- of uh, scans, meetings. And um, most of them up to the 20 weeks were saying, you know that this isn't going to end well um unfortunately we can't tell what it is but um it doesn't look like the you'll be able to or the baby will survive the pregnancy and we recommend an amniocentesis the amniocentesis came back clear so you, you're quite we were getting little dribbles of positivity uh every now and again and you know kind of mm. i think you know we were naive in so far that you know, I, I, at the time, I would have thought the only kind of syndrome was Down syndrome. Mm. So I was saying, sure, "That's great, sure, you know, no bother at all. We'll uh, we'll be able to have a baby with Down syndrome. Sure, what difference does it make, you know?" And not really understanding, I suppose, at the time genetics and um, all these other you know conditions that can arise from it. So by um, twenty five. 24-25 weeks they were saying no his heart is fine um, he this fluid had kind of reduced and it looked things looked okay, okay until the day he was born and oh my god it was I think it must have been one of the scariest days of our lives because unfortunately Noah when he was born um, and I like I, you know I know it sounds terrible but he was severely deformed and that is as as polite a word as I, I can think of, really. But so all of he, his legs, his arms, his, you know, just his entire body really um, just did not look what we have, what we had come to know at that point, a normal baby. And um, he was whisked away. And I, I remember being so adamant uh, and I was like, there's nobody going to help me. I can do this. I'm strong. And I walked down after just giving birth down to the neonatal unit to look at him. And I can remember a doctor going, "Uh, will somebody get this woman a chair. She's just given birth yeah, okay. because I was so I suppose it's, it's a, a form of adrenaline, really, that you're you're you're, you're just an autopilot. And they just couldn't tell us what was wrong. They couldn't, like they he had to do every scan under the sun. And it took 10 months before we got the final confirmation that Noel um, has a very rare syndrome called Escobar syndrome, which essentially affects all of his joints um, and causes other issues such as scoliosis, hernias, um, you know, like his facial features would be different and he would have like a very short neck and um things like that. So So is it just physical? Sorry I've cut across you, but is
3: it because um, yeah. I get the feeling anytime I see Noah, he is firing in every cylinder, am I right?
2: Oh absolutely, yeah. Yeah, so, so it's just I a physical mean,
3: it's a, a physical disability.
2: Exactly. So intellectually he is as he should be yeah. and there's nothing nothing to suggest that that would ever change yeah. I think that all came down to the, the parenting style we decided to have with Noah mm. um, and making him comfortable in his own body as much as possible yeah. while also giving him the opportunities to ask the questions and you know and be pissed off or upset yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the days he wants to be you know because at the end of the day you know Like he's the only, for example, he's the only child in his school in a wheelchair. And, you know, that's a lot for a child to comprehend as to why am I the only one like this? You know, and for a a good, a good lint of time, though, I used to obviously I'll walk when I grow up like he, mm-hmm. he didn't really understand that it was a it was a condition more so like you know like in order like a baby would learn how to walk he thought that it was just taking him a bit longer okay. um you know so but like when i when i think back in it i mean you're kind of i i was certainly one of those mums um and parent that took the sense of i don't need anyone's help and i can do this all by myself and that was such a big mistake um i would say to anyone starting off take every single bit of help that you can get and don't be afraid to say you need it uh because you know for those first couple of years um with noah i I was adamant i could do it by myself and unfortunately then that that caused me to have um, a mental breakdown of sorts.
3: Before we get to that, was it was a pride, do you think? You know, was
2: absolutely. it? Yeah, okay. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I was like, you know, my attitude was when Noah was born was that it doesn't matter what's wrong with him, it mm-hmm. doesn't matter what he's going to turn out like, this is my child and I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure he gets everything he needs and do, it. and like my attitude was do it all by myself, you know so we were driving up to Crumlin from when he was six weeks old to get casting on his feet and for emergency admissions and and I was like driving up on days, my mother would be, I'm just coming with you. She wouldn't let me go mm-hmm. on my own, you know. And it was, it was like, um, absolute, an absolute pride that, and I know, suppose it's your maternal instinct. I mean, it's a powerful force. This
3: is your baby, and you obviously love him with every ounce of your being. And, 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 and you're going to be the one, you want to be the one yeah. that does it. I, I'm just guessing, I'm imagining that's, that's what's going on here.
2: Yeah. Like, you you know you're put into a situation Sheila where all you are listening to every time you meet someone in Uh the medical profession is what is wrong with your child yeah okay and you know you get to the stage where you kind of say well I am going to prove them wrong Mm. and I am going to show them that Noah is Noah he's not Escobar syndrome Myers he's Noah Myers you know and You know, that in itself, though, took a toll on me trying to fight that all the time rather than just acknowledging Mm. that things were hard and that it was unfair that um, my son ended up with a very rare syndrome and that, you know, people did empathize them. I might have felt they didn't understand, but they did empathize and they wanted to help me. And I was like, no, no. I can do it. I can do it. Um,
3: Did you ever get any answers as to why? If it's such a rare, it's such a rare syndrome, and it took them so long. I mean, I think you said it was mm-hmm. ten months before you were told this. This is yeah. what the condition is. Did you ever get any other reasons as to he- as to why?
2: Yeah, so myself and Dennis are carriers of this gene. Okay. Um, and we always joke that, like, geez, we went out of our way to really make Noah, you know, because we met up and only oh, that the two yeah, us met and that. came together. This mm. gene would not have happened um, or Noah wouldn't have happened. So it's yeah. just look of the draw, really, to be honest. Um, That, it, it, you know, there's no yeah, real course, answers yeah. to it. It's just genetics. And uh, I mean... Do I say, unfortunately, not anymore. Mm. I actually, I think we're fortunate that Noah came into our lives. I don't believe things happen for a reason. Um, okay. But I believe that you ha- you deal with those reasons as best you can and we've made the most out of it, do you know? Yes, that's
3: an interesting one because um, a lot of people do think that things happen for a reason and that that's that's easy to take when things are going well. But it's tough. Exactly. T- it's tough
2: to swallow when, when things don't go well. Um, exactly, exactly. Um, I wouldn't. I. I would have always felt very, like do you know what? I was such a bitter person for for the first couple of years, and I was so angry with the mm. world. Mm. And I. I really felt like how can anyone say um, a child suffering is there's a reason for it? There yeah. isn't. You know. It's. Um, you know. I. That. That's my, look, everyone is different. I mean, I would have been religious before Noah and not anymore. And, um, yeah. you know, life events change you. And I suppose your, your ideas or your opinions of things change as well. But sure, like, I mean, now I could say we're very happy. We wouldn't have it any other way. So it's hard to know. It's hard to know, Sheila, to be honest. Yeah, 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 yeah
3: what what do you believe in now if you were religious before and now you're not is 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 there anything that resonates for you
2: um I would say belief in myself I think uh-huh. to be honest yeah um, or belief in the fact that if you work hard enough mentally um at something that it will come the way you want it to and I think I just that's what I wanted to do was put the belief back in myself rather than putting that energy into believing in something else Mm -hmm. and that takes time though that takes a long time and um you know like after that when Noah was diagnosed I mean for a long time I did you you had we did question uh like why us and you know our biggest fear I think at the time was that it would come back and say that I was a carrier of the gene and Dennis wasn't Um, And Mm. that I, let's say one of us would blame ourselves for it happening. But I think the fact that it came back that both of us were carriers, we were able to share that, that burden that, look, this was just something we had no control over and it happened. Um, Of course. And that's, yeah, it's, it's, I don't know, it's not a good thing, but it's, it's an easier thing to deal with. Mm, mm -mm. No, I get that. So So, you were saying... a one in four chance of it happening again. So, um, yeah, that's that's kind of what we were told, really, when Noah was diagnosed. And if it's not
3: too personal a question to ask, does that does that lead to big questions about whether you'd, you'd have another child?
2: Um. Yeah, like, I mean, we looked into it a couple of years back. You can do... Um, Uh, genetic testing on embryos. So it's like doing a a form of IVF and then um, checking the embryo for that gene. Uh Um, But you know what, Sheila, we just kind of came to the decision that we have two beautiful children, relatively healthy, like Noah is relatively healthy, aside from all his different ailments. And would we not just put our money and our focus on the two kids, Rather than trying for another child and not necessarily like, like we could have tested for Noah's gene. But that's not to say you could have a child with a different condition. You know, you can yeah. only test for what you know is there. So we just we just decided no, that we wouldn't. And we've made our peace with that now over the last couple of years. But I would have liked more children. Um, but that's just, you know, that's just the way the cookie crumbles. And mm. it's OK. It's OK. We're okay with it now. Are you? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, obviously, I think because I think, do you know what? The only year now that I felt a bit of an impact of it is COVID. Right. Because there seems to be so many pregnancies and so many new babies that I've been like, God, would we have done it? But like the kids are too, i ain't getting my lions every single weekend. <laughs> if you think I'm going back to doing it, the most I'd get now is a new puppy. That's about <laughs> it. <laughs>
3: And we forget, don't we, the mentalness of those early, early months and, 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 and the first few years, to be fair.
2: Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah. How could I? Like, I literally yeah. know if you gave me a baby, I don't think I'd know what to do with it. <laughs> and I, I honestly don't. I'm gone so out of practice now. Like, But I will babysit anyone's child, you no know, bother at all. But just because I know that I can go home
3: afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Love it. Love it. So when you were talking about Noah there and the questions he'd ask, you know, when he was younger, um, I think anyone listening, I certainly I felt it, I felt like and I can only imagine if I'm feeling it as an outsider, hearing it, I can only imagine what that was like for you when he'd ask or he'd say, you know, you know, I'm not I'm not walking yet or, you know, I'm in this chair at the moment, but in time I will. And the reality is he, he will be a wheelchair user for for his life. Am I right? Life. Yeah, okay.
2: Yeah, he will. Yeah, yeah. And how yeah. is he well, now a with full-time that? Full-time wheelchair user. Absolutely not a bother. Great. Not a bother Great. in the slightest. He yeah. is is that I just have a wheelchair. Other people don't. And that's just the way it is. Um, like, if you ask him, would he like to be able to walk? He says, yes, I would. But I have my wheelchair and that gets me around. So, you know, when when we kind of realised that that was going to be the case back when Noah was kind of around the two years of age, uh, it was a, it had a huge impact on Dennis more so than myself, okay. um because I would have a cousin who is a wheelchair user, so I had a bit of experience with the a wheelchair being in your life kind of, um and that it wasn't terrible. But Dennis really struggled with it at the beginning, mm. um that you know that he was going to be in the wheelchair for at the time i suppose we would have said the foreseeable future now we recognize it's for his life but um it, it was it was a big struggle and i think i maybe i didn't appreciate that uh as much as Um, at the time I I could have been a bit more supportive but I think we were both dealing with with Noah's condition in different ways I was more worried about the medical side of things as in him dying and Mm. Dennis was more worried about um the you know the physical side of things and him having a different life than what everyone most people are used to
3: Mm. I know you spoke to me about um a concern in the beginning as well was that it, this condition may, or before you maybe you knew what the condition was, that it may be a, uh, you know, there may be a limit on his life expectancy, but that's not necessarily the case with this condition.
2: No, so they had told us that there was a it was going to be probably um one condition or another okay and unfortunately the other condition had um was a life-limiting one and most of the children with that wouldn't have lived past two years of age so we had oh six months of not knowing what it was going to be Mm -hmm. and um then um I mean like you know I'll, I'll never forget it the geneticist um would have said to us at the meeting that, you know, usually he doesn't get to give positive news. Now, yeah, yeah, that yeah, was yeah. his words at the time. I, I don't think myself and Dennis thought this was positive news, but now I understand that it was. Yeah. And he said, you know, this isn't, he's going to hold a or different to everyone else, but he's not, you know, he's going to live a long and happy life. So, you know... Like now I realize, oh, my God, almighty, how lucky were we? Mm. Whereas at the time we kind of came out there going, yeah, but like he still has scoliosis. He still has all these operations to face. He's still going to end up in a wheelchair. You know, he's at the time he had a vocal cord paralysis and that was still dangerous for his breathing and everything. So, you know, but yeah. th- all the, all that, I suppose that information takes time to process yeah. And um when looking back on it now, obviously it was amazing news for us. But uh yeah, like I remember we remember looking up um because we hadn't christened Noah or anything at the time and uh People were saying, you know, um, are you going to Chris? Will you christen him now that you kind of, I suppose, things are, are relatively good? So we were kind of saying, then would we call him Noah Escobar Myers? You know, just for the bit of the laugh. And Noah would get funny, hmm. but we didn't. We didn't yeah. at the end of it because we were. I, I used to have this joke going around, like, oh yeah, it was Pablo Escobar Pablo, paid yeah. for the sin for the syndrome to be named after him. So literally, Noah's syndrome in the Noah syndromes after drug lord, <laughs> and I kind of. I kind of went about this for a while and then Dennis was like, Sharon, you can't be saying that, like, you know.
3: I know, but that's great. where, yeah, but that's where, that's where, as we all know, anyone who's experienced anything tough in life, humour is one of the most effective tools to deal with the shit. And it's, oh, yeah.
2: 100%. My mm. God, if I didn't have laughter and jokes and pranks and, you know, just... Fun in general, yeah. I I don't think I'd be here, like you yeah. know, because that's the only thing that has got us through. Uh, that the shittiest of times is the just having the crack, and Noah has that humor as well, so it's brilliant, yeah. He does, uh, yeah. You know, I mean, like, one time he brought, <laughs> I see, he went through a phase there of wanting to learn the ukulele, <laughs> and um, nothing would do him anyway. He'd bring it, he, we were waiting for this sleep study. Uh, for his scoliosis surgery for nine months and then he decides he's going to bring the ukulele up to the and sleep study oh my god (laughs) I just thought he brought all the nurses down out of their thing to have him play a song that he couldn't play mind you and sing I it was Brilliant. like I I still have one person message me saying I can remember my son was in hospital at the same time and your and Noah coming up but he's ukulele ah, playing a song for the nurses like he's in a small country school and I have to give credit where it's due they you know it's like a little community a little family down there because there's only ninety pupils and they all know him and that has definitely you know brought him out of his you know, out of himself as well and made him feel very confident in the wheelchair and in his abilities and, you know, what he can do because, like, he's the ref for all the soccer matches. And Mm. I think when you have a child with a disability, how you react to it is one thing, but how the people around you react to it and support you is huge as well. And Mm. the people will feed off you by how you go, how 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 you, I suppose, react to the disability yourself. So in our case, and I suppose uh, Dennis in particular, he would have grown up in a family that very much, you know, not, not like he was like, danger Dennis. So it was like, you know, if I can take a risk and I might break a leg, but should take the risk anyway. So yeah. he's kept that going with Noah, even aside from all, you know, his wheelchair and everything and Dennis is is determined that Noah will experience that adventurous side of life. And that has made a huge difference to Noah's personality and to his belief in himself. So our whole mentality is making Noah feel that, yes, it might be harder, but it's not impossible. And your only limitation is your imagination. And he, I think he believes it at this stage. I think he does.
3: Well, that's wonderful. I mean, and regardless of regardless of whether you know there are people listening whether they have children with with you know additional needs or not that is something that we we as parents should all mm-hmm. bring to heart and uh, and encourage our kids and, to, to believe in themselves that's that's so important
2: and and look at the end of the day you know your natural response is to wrap your child in cotton wool and you know yeah. protect them from everything and I would have been like that the first few years of Noah's life and I would have you know nearly not let him outside the door because it's too cold and you know he'd get pneumonia and then what could we do whereas over the you know since I suppose even since kind of our social starting our social media journey I've kind of realized that you have to take risks to enjoy life to the fullest yes and you know Unfortunately, with the, uh, a child like Noah, yes, the risks are higher because obviously they're already in a vulnerable position, but what the positive outcome of it, like when we climbed the mountain and climbed the mountain with Noah up on Dennis's back, his elation that, of getting to the top and being able to tell everyone that while he didn't climb the mountain, he did climb the mountain and he got to the top. Tell us about that. Yeah, that was crazy. Like, I you know sometimes I look at different things and I go, oh my god, like somebody is going to complain about this. Like D- D- Dennis just is. You know, he's the master builder, we call him. So he's fierce, clever when it comes to building kind yeah. of inventions and um, using his hands and the whole lot. So he we decided, you know, before Noah got too heavy that we'd love to try and take him up the Geltie Mountains, which is right beside us. Beside us, And it's like a rite of passage for anyone from North Cork mm. that you just have to climb the Geltie Mountains. So Dennis b- built this kind of contraption because a, a normal child carrier Noah couldn't go into because his hips are dislocated so he can't spread his legs. Mm-hmm. So he'd do what it was like was a picnic chair on Dennis's back with Noah facing outwards. Okay. So he had that in him for that. us said climb the peak of the mountain and then he built this like wheelbarrow wheelchair contraption to take him up the the stone pat bit, let's say. Oh wow yeah. So that that we we did it with family and uh, it was it was absolutely amazing. Oh. I still I still think about it to this day. It was absolutely brilliant. What I just know at the time Noah was he's oh gee I'd say he was five. I'd say he was five, four or five. It sounds and like it
3: sounds like uh You know, you made memories for life there for him. Does he Does he still remember that day?
2: He does. Well, he says he does. I don't know, what does he? But he, oh, he says, probably does, yeah. because uh, like I say to him, would we do it again? He said, no, <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to do it again. I did it. it once, that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I a lot like, of people I feel can... that
3: way when they climb a mountain. That's it done. Oh,
2: that's that's what I said. I said you sat in your father's lap. I said <laughs> you actually didn't. I said could you not go? And, and he said, nah, nah. I did it once. Once is enough. So oh, you class. know, like, but he's he's like, like we we were on holidays last year, and nothing would do dinner. sunny he would bring him parasailing. Now Sheila, if you saw the picture of Noah parasailing you would think they put a fake doll because noah is tiny and his his syndrome has is that's part of his syndrome it just he's very small in stature yeah and he looks like a tiny little doll i don't know how they allowed them up but they are and it's safe and all that but it just i actually i i couldn't go like i couldn't go to watch it because i said to Dennis, there's no way i'd let him up and um just adamant no i'm bringing him parasailing and that's the end of it and he brought him up, and Noah thought it was the best day of his life. Oh, um, and you're amazing he, parents. I mean,
3: that again back to back to what I was saying. This, regardless of whether a kid has
2: additional needs or not, they're amazing experiences to give your kid. And, and I would tell anyone, anyone with children, special needs or not, anyone, just live life. As full as you can live it, it doesn't have like you can. We do things like we used to bring Noah um, on our backs and in that wheelbarrow thing up the mount I think up the woods and up the forests. Don't let anyone tell you that you can't do something, mm. you know, um, you can. And, you know, that's what you when, when you have a child with a disability, you hear an awful lot about what they can't do or what they won't be able to do. You have to change that around and you have to spin that on its head and say, you know what? You're telling me he can't do it. So now I'm going to go home and I'm going to make sure that he can do a version of it. Mm -hmm. It mightn't be what me or you are used to seeing. But what does that what does that matter? You know, Um, and I think the way we've decided to go about it is in a positive way, Sheila. And like, obviously when it comes to um the hsc and equipment and the whole act yes there is a, it is very frustrating um and it is upsetting when you're fighting for equipment and everything but i do feel as much as we can when it comes to let's say accessibility issues and that is to make businesses make companies make them see that these people deserve to be um, included mm. and seen, but you don't have to be. I, I don't feel that we we have to be aggressive about it. We just need to make people understand better. Yeah. And because a lot of people, it's not that they don't want to; it's that they don't understand, mm. and they don't. Let's say what, like what, let's say in a case like Noah, when in a, who's a wheelchair user, the tiniest lip, the tiniest step makes all the difference whether he can gain access or not yeah and i i would encourage anyone who's ever out and about is you know look around and just kind of say to yourself you know what now if i was in a wheelchair tomorrow would i be able to do what i usually do in my daily routine and if you can't then that's noah already limited in his life yeah because he won't be able to do that um and i think that's what while we do all this crazy stuff as well and, you know, crazy adventures, we're also trying to make sure that we're bringing it to normal life as well and that Noah is able to be included in day-to-day normal activities and normal life. And that is
3: it and for a lot for a lot of people. If you don't, yeah. if something is not directly impacting you or your life, you don't see it. You don't and, see and it. But that's not you good don't. enough either, particularly if you're, you know, you're a business or... um Oh, I mean, as a society, it's just it's just not good enough because we need to we need to make sure that everybody is is uh, is looked after.
2: And, and they are and and included because and unfortunately, included. look, we all know life. We don't know what's around the corner. And, you know, uh, my, I always say like I'm not going to like I hate, you know, I don't know, imagining bad stuff happening. But you could end up some bi- some way in physical, physically disabled tomorrow. Yeah, yeah of course. And you know, how would that impact on your your day to day activity if let's say the places you go are not accessible. Mm. You know, who would want to say, well, I can't go there now anymore. You're not going to want to sit back and say, well, that's OK. You know, yeah. so I, uh, the way we look at life at the minute is Noah's nine. And I want the world to be a place that by the time he's 18, that I can say, do you know what, Noah, off you go there now. I'm not going to do this for you. You can do it yourself. And the world is going to say, yes, Noah, we're ready for you.
3: Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: And where he, you know, we're going yeah. to take it on. And there's a long way to go. God almighty, there's a long way to go. Um, but I'm hoping we can do that and make small changes.
3: Well, you, do, you don't take no for an answer. It's not an option for you, by the sound of things.
2: No, and sure, like, it's not an option for Noah either. Yeah, you know? yeah, I mean, yeah, at course. the end of the day, and as, as, as silly as this sounds, but, like, I want him to be able to get into every pub in Ireland. Yeah. Because <laughs> if he's going out with his friends, I don't yeah, want yeah. his friends being there... Well, like I know he's I love it, the priority Sharon,
3: (laughs) not not hotels (laughs) or cafes, no, pubs. I want him to go into the pub and have a pint.
2: No, do you know by the time it comes on, there'll probably be none, but (laughs) but but whatever it is, or the fancy restaurants or whatever it is. And I know his friends will lift him up steps and the whole lot, and I know I I can see that happening, but um. Why should they have to, you mm. know, and I, I'm and the reason I'm saying that and I don't want any businesses getting odd now or anything like that. It's not about that because a little bit of plywood would allow Noah to get in. Mm. I, You know, this isn't about doing concrete works or ramps or anything. All it is, is it could be a piece of timber. Yes. And you know I'll be able to get in. And that's as simple as it is. You know, we don't need you know I like and I know health and safety regulations and everything and Dennis is a builder and like they're excessive the the routes they go to you know bring it back to basics you know if we're talking about access all it is is a plank of wood is all that's needed yeah, yeah, you know yeah. to get in somewhere you know so and again that goes back it. to your
3: attitude your attitude is you're a doer and uh, and and you're naturally I suppose quite optimistic or positive in your wiring and you're thinking well it, it doesn't need to be rocket science. We can break it down and and, and make it simple. Joan, you know I really want to get back to Sharon. Is something yeah. that you spoke about there earlier, and we didn't really get into it, which is the period of time after the birth of Noah for those two years when you were kind of battling on through and and wanting to do it all yourself and kind of putting your best foot forward and putting the your kind of game face on and saying, "I got this. I'm 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 okay." Yeah. What happened?
2: So I suppose it just it just came to the head that um, I was trying to do it all by myself. I was trying to stay strong and mentally I just couldn't handle, you know, all the appointments, all the, you know, the fears of what could happen with Noah. And, you know, he was after a few operations and it, it just all came to a head. One night, and uh, myself and our, my my mum and Dennis were actually here. We ended up in South Dock with Noah because I got into my head that he had something seriously happening. Him turned out it was constipation, um. Mm. But I, 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 at that point they kind of said, "Look, you know, there's more going on here. Uh, we think you need to get some help." So I started obviously going to my GP. I was put on um antidepressants and anti anxiety medication, and I got some counselling. Mm. And to this day, Sheila, I'm still on anti-anxiety medication. I don't see myself being able to come off it uh, in any, you know, any time soon anyway, Mm. because, you know, Noah's still going through operations and I I, I need to keep, I suppose, or I want to keep my anxiety under control. Mm. And I think it's very important to say that there's absolutely nothing to be ashamed of when it comes to me being on this medication or needing that extra help. You know, um, these are antibiotics for my brain and I need to be strong for my son and for my family and I am his primary carer. Dennis has to go to work otherwise we wouldn't have a roof over our head and no one needs me in the best frame of mind I can be in while also still having emotions. I don't want to be a robot but uh, I know that I need this extra help And they've saved my life because Mm. while I never contemplated suicide, I would have gladly um, said that if I had had a heart attack and died, I would have been happy. That's the way I felt. And, you know, that is terrifying. It is terrifying. And so so when, when when you have a child with special needs, you have someone who is... So like compared to a a child without special needs, you have um, this person who is completely um, dependent on you because you have appointments you have to keep. They have surgeries they need. They need that support. They need that health care. It is so intense, so, so intense and so terrifying. Like like you you go up to a children's hospital any day, and I tell you one thing you will come out of there, and your whole perspective on life will change because even when I go up there with Noah, I realize how lucky we are that Noah only has the condition he has, you know what I mean mm-hmm. and it's it's terrifying like that's it's terrifying and i i I don't be right for days and weeks after coming back from the hospital with Noah because i I suppose I absorb everyone else's troubles and pain and if i'm talking to them i feel so helpless that i can't help everyone else and i forget to help myself um and that's you know the medication wise and the talking which what social media has given me is like my own personal counseling um place because i'm able to interact with so many other people who you know want to support us and also want to ask my advice and that's Yeah, it's it's I'm in a good place now. Yeah. But uh, I I would like to say to anyone listening that is in that deep, dark place that I was in, that the most important thing you can do uh, is talk to somebody, anybody, anybody you trust. And Don't be afraid to ask for help. My God, please don't be afraid to ask for help. It is not, it is not anything to be embarrassed about or ashamed about. It actually shows more strength than you can imagine to ask for help. And I'm happy I did.
4: um, I'm
3: I'm certainly happy you did for you and your family. And, um, you know, when you said that there, you know, you'd forget to help yourself sometimes that is uh, that was a it was a powerful statement to make because um for a lot of people they're giving yeah, I, they're giving uh, to other people all the time giving all giving the giving time. minding yeah. their partners minding their kids or whatever their own dynamic is and yeah. we keep hearing about it and it's become the buzzword um and but it's not about buzzwords that because that doesn't matter because fashions trends come and go but the stuff that matters is We have to look after ourselves, as you just said there, you know, and and I think anyone who is listening, who is struggling right now, I think and I hope you have given them a bit of hope and a bit of strength to reach out and say, you know, I'm not doing good because forgetting about yourself and your own needs will unfortunately bite you in the ass if you keep ignoring your own needs.
2: Exactly, exactly. How can you mind other people if you're not minding yourself? Yeah. It's impossible. It will last so long and you will keep going for so long. But when you crash, it's that, that could take you months, years, to recover from Mm -hmm. so don't let it get to that point you know um, ask for help now no matter what your situation is whether it's to do with children or not children whether it's to do with your workplace or whatever it is don't do it by yourself and don't forget to take care of you and as hard as it is because it is very hard to say you know what I'm doing this for me uh, because the majority of us can't do that but you just have to you just Mm -hmm. have
3: to when you spoke about feeling anger Um, during those early months and years and and all the emotion that you felt. Was it a form of grief, do you think, that you were going through?
2: A hundred percent. You were grieving the child that you imagined you were going to have. I imagine like, you know, I you know, because obviously we had Sophie and we had a beautiful little girl. And, you know, she was, you know, growing up like every other girl, that you that you'd meet and everything was perfect and I you just imagined that your next child was going to be that way so when it doesn't happen and then other people around you are having children and they're not having any problems which is the way I saw it I was like how dare they be happy Mm. Uh, and how how dare they you know What I thought was put it, shove it in my face. But sure, they weren't doing that at all. I just, in my head, I thought that they were nearly, you know, gloating that their child was perfect. And, you know, everything was going so well for them. But you're like, I mean, you never know what's going on behind closed doors. And that's, I got so angry with the world for allowing it this to happen to me Mm. and to Noah and It it, until I got my mental health right, I realised, oh God, help us, Sharon. Like you weren't, you know, I was, I was grieve. Like you said, I was grieving Mm. the child that I didn't have, and we ended up with a child a hundred times better than we could have ever imagined. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah, Uh, But it takes time to see that. It takes time to see that, and like, it takes time to accept. Uh, that that's going to be your life because jeepers, I'd say it took till Noah was four until I said you know what, I accept his differences and accept the challenges he's going to have and we're going to make it work that takes time, that takes a long time I've met a a few you know, parents of kids with special needs and they are really angry and you know, they're really cross and frustrated and uh, I 100% a hundred percent get it yeah uh it's it's acceptance takes time, and don't be pushing yourself to do it, but just um i suppose what I suppose i my feeling the last couple of years is I only have one life as well, Sheila, mm. and if I'm miserable and angry and upset, what like when I'm on my deathbed what's going to be what am I going to look back on am I do I want to look back on being angry frustrated cross all my life or do I want to look back and say it wasn't easy but Jesus I made the best out of it Mm. that's you know and I think that when I came to that decision then life got better and life got easier and yeah that's where we're at that's powerful powerful message (laughs) yeah I feel like Oprah I know (laughs) Well,
3: I tell you what she'd be she'd be honored to speak to you because i'm I'm feeling it now I know this is uh this is just one hell of a, a conversation.
2: I'm here in my pyjamas now, Sheila, so let's not, get too, let's not get too excited that I'm that powerful now or anything. I'm, I'm sitting here in my pyjamas with my son's game or headset on. It's uh, not, it's that's, that and
3: good. that's why you are powerful, because you keep it real. Um, so what is life like now during this the, this time of, of, of COVID and all that comes with it and juggling away and being at home
2: with the kids? What is it like? What's it like? Well, I could definitely buy a battle bank anyway. That's what I could definitely do with one thing. <laughs> Oh God It is tough I'll tell you one thing Do you know Do you know what It's the the monotony The sameness Of everything Everything is just Every day is the same Groundhog day It's oh jeez I like I have to say this time this lockdown really struggling Yeah, yeah. really struggling um, you know I I feel like I have to encourage nearly my you know give myself nearly an encouraging motivation to talk in the morning to do the homeschooling to yeah. uh, you know to want to do it even it's not even to do it's to want to do it you know my instinct is all I just want to get into bed wrap myself in the duvet and wake me up when it's all over Mm-mm. Uh, we would be big tra- travel travelers. We like, tra- you know, we like to travel and explore mm. a lot. And that that has been the hardest part for me. Uh, did I save money? No, no, absolutely <sighs> not a penny because I've more clothes now. That I like, you'd swear I'm ready to hit them the catwalk in <laughs> Milan or something. maybe I should just set up my own boutique at this stage. But <laughs> y- yeah, it's it's tough on everyone, you know. Uh, Dennis yeah. is. Thank God he's been able to work through the most of it because um, he was deemed an essential worker um, in the building. So, sure. you know, thank, if I had him at home now as well, I, I think I'd be probably crying right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 very tough. It's tough on the kids. Uh Noah really misses the interaction of friends at school. Uh, I'd love if The schools got back. I really would.
3: Yeah, yeah. Oh, I know, I, I look at it and I know people and, a plane. Will be, and get on a plane and get on a plane and yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> What's on the bucket list? So places to go. Japan.
2: Oh, really? Oh my God, Japan. Japan yeah, Noah is obsessed with Mario Super Mario he's a big Noah's a big gamer yeah um, he loves gaming he loves everything gaming very good at it now to be fair to me if he may start making money on a YouTube channel to be better but he <laughs> Japan is just because they have a Super Mario Nintendo World right Jay, yeah yeah and so it's on his bucket list now look I'll be honest, the credit union at this stage think we have about seven accessible bathrooms, <laughs> so if I, if I go in and ask them for another loan for home improvements, I say they'll be. <laughs> so if anybody wants to sponsor us a trip to Japan, <laughs> I'd love it. But um, oh, No, I think, I think, you know, realistically, we just want to do all general travel, to be honest. Um, you know, and get Noah over his spinal surgeries would be the real bucket sure. list kind of stuff. Would love to see um a more kind of maybe an opening for pages like ours to get into kind of the more sponsored um blogging kind of world. Um, you know, just taking on families with differences and that. Yeah. Just just, you know, I think it just when you when other kids and other adults start seeing their peers um, yes. in advertising and everything, it, it it makes, you know, makes them feel more included.
3: Well, I'm hearing that there is change in that res- respect. And I hope there is because I definitely, and which is why I've called this podcast Ready to be Real, I definitely think there's a massive appetite towards yeah. people being just real and drop the bullshit and just be themselves. And I think a lot and of people are seeing through you know, certain, certain, I mean, there's plenty of fantastic ones out there and this is not meant as any dig whatsoever, but there are, there are, you know. Well, just the, the idea of perfection. It, yeah, it, exactly. An it, end. It, well, yeah, exactly. It doesn't exist. Yeah. And, no. and you know, sometimes you have people promoting products and they're quite similar in a short space of time and it's, it's hard then to know, well, is this for real? Yeah. do i believe yeah. this is this genuine and i think and people I, are discerning th- audiences exactly. are discerning exactly
2: and people need to remember as well and sorry for cutting across to you is that people with disabilities have money as well like yeah yeah do you know like adults with disabilities families with children with disabilities cheese we want to spend our money as well like don't shy away from our pockets you know sell us stuff <laughs> we want to buy yeah, it as well. yeah, yeah, yeah. and and if we see brands becoming more inclusive then of course we're going to veer towards them than others mm-hmm. who aren't um you know and i think uh, like ireland is so is so saturated with um influencers and you know, bloggers and the whole lot, that it would be nice to see uh, across the board, just a change across the board. Diversity, yeah. Uh, Just adding, you know, as you said, adding in more real
1: Mm.
2: people and of all different shapes and sizes and abilities and the whole lot. I
3: think that's happening, but I just think it probably needs to happen a bit more. Slow, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Mm.
2: it it is slow. It is slow. And I know there is a fear there. There is a, I, I get it because, you know, Especially, let's say when it comes to the likes of accessibility issues and all, our first our first thing to do is probably get angry. And so you see people put it up on the internet. You know, geez, I couldn't even get into this place the other day, and it's absolutely ridiculous. And there's probably a, f- a certain amount of fear there. But if you give people the chance to, or ask their opinions, listen to them, yeah. Then maybe the feedback will help you know but yeah. anyway but sure like that's, that's that's me trying to be the Dalai Lama here now and <laughs> trying, trying to change the world
3: I know you're speaking a lot of sense <laughs> a lot of sense um, so I'm I'm excited to see what brand partnership you will be involved with
2: in the coming Listen, year. The, la- the latest thing I got was Bunyan Correctors and <laughs> my Instagram nearly blew up. And I thought if I become a brand ambassador for Bunyan Correctors, I am quitting this whole thing. I I swear, Sheila. I nearly like I was actually you nearly know, crying because I was like, I can't believe people are reacting to Bunyan correctors and the comp- the company. They Who were a UK company, and I'd say they taught all their Christmases came together. <laughs> I is... was like, <laughs> Oh my god, that <laughs> I, is hilarious! I couldn't believe it, but but like definitely, you know. And a side note of that, you know. <laughs> The likes of Noah, like, even though he's a wheelchair user, he loves shoes. Yeah, How yeah. great would it be for him to, for him to see kids like him in wheelchairs um, you know, donning the latest brand branded yeah. shoes? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, things like that, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> Not going
3: but there you go. That's probably this is the this is the thing. There's a lot of stuff. It's like that show. What was it called? Embar- embarrassing bodies are uh, oh, the one. Yeah. I never understood how if you have an embarrassing condition, how you willingly went on a TV show and yeah. showed the nation what your ailment is. I just I found that I, I am just fascinated mm-hmm. by the concept. But there are a lot of people that 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 suffer in silence with, you know, common conditions they're just afraid to voice. They're probably afraid to voice with their closest friends and even their own GPs. So, you know, something as simple as suffering with bunions is something clearly <laughs> extremely common. But people don't necessarily say I, it, but you do there because you you're, go you're oh, real. I'm now, there you go. Sheila, it's not mine. Cha-ching. <laughs> OK, so you need to um, move from bunions to, I don't know, what, hair? Hair? Well,
2: hey, hair yeah, products yeah. or
3: something safer. Gray hair. Yeah,
2: yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, but look, I love our blog, and you know it's something that it it is. Do you know what people? Um, and if you're listening and you follow us, you're inspiring us to keep going. And I just, I, I just, oh, it, it's brilliant! It's brilliant. Had a bit of a crap time last year. Had to come off of for a couple of months, you know. But I think you what know. What happened? Do you mind interrupt- me asking? Oh, sure. You know, trolling, the usual. Oh, really? Sorry to hear uh, that. Yeah, Jesus, yeah. Okay. just people are nasty, you know, and unfortunately, um, we just we just went through our phase of it. And it, I decided, obviously, um, at the time, Noah was waiting for his spinal surgery. And I said, you know, I need to focus on that. Uh, so we left it for a couple of months and it gave me grief. Perspective of what I wanted from it, Mm. and when I came back, I was more me than I had ever been, and I needed to do that. Um, But look, hopefully, with the introduction of Coco's Law and Mm. you know the clamp down and and a lot of these sites and pages, it might stop. Hopefully, yeah.
3: Well, for those listening, one thing
2: you want to do with kids is 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 protect them from it. And look, I have a fifteen-year-old daughter. I've I've you know I I want to be good role model for her on social media um, so yeah so we'll see we'll see if, 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 we'll, if we'll keep away from the trolls for another while Well your page is brilliant it's our wheelie
3: big journey, you have 21,500 followers, I have my phone open in front of me here and I'm looking at it oh, yeah. and interestingly Sophie doesn't feature too much on it, is that, no. is, that, is that something that she decided or you all decided as a family?
2: No, she just decided. Yeah. So yeah. I think anyone that's raising a teenager, um, especially a girl, will recognise the challenges mm. um, in it. I love every single bone in her body, but my God Almighty, give me, give me a hundred babies. <laughs> Raising a teenager is so hard. I don't know whether it's harder when you're a younger mother because you're closer to their age. I don't right. know if that's the case, not because it's my first time doing it. But um, she just when she wants to be honest, Sheila, she's honest, Um But everything is with her permission.
3: Yeah. yeah and
2: yeah. that's fair enough. And I think um, nice. I, I have, you know, I kind of I have to I have to accept that and respect her as well. And maybe when she's 20, my best friend, she'll be on it loads. (laughs) Mm, Yeah. But I mean, that's the
3: thing and that's and that's healthy and that's good that it's that it it is her decision and, uh, you know, if I had her
2: on it and she had some of the faces she makes me. (laughs) mother of God, people would say like, what am I doing to her at all at all? So it's just easier to say when you're ready, I'm here and it's open for you and you can come on it. But I mean like she just, she just needs to realise she'd get loads of makeup and clothes and everything.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I love oh, it. Um, yeah. Okay, so I suppose to, to wrap up the conversation, mm-hmm. um you know, you're you're in a good place, as you said, your attitude completely shifted or your mindset completely shifted to, well, this is it. We accept our life and we're going to live it to the max and we're going to enjoy things. Yeah. And as you said, between climbing the Galti Mountains and paragliding, you know, you're all about having experiences together as a family.
2: Absolutely. And you know what? If, if... If nothing else was to, if we weren't able to do anything else in the morning um, and this, you know, we couldn't go anywhere else. I would be so happy with what we have achieved to date. And uh, I, I can just, all I want to do is let my children go out into the world that accepts them, includes them and loves them for who they are. And I want my son Especially to realize that although he is different than the majority of people, he deserves um, the respect and the he deserves to have the hopes and dreams like every other person and other child. And, um, sure, yeah. look, I, I, all I can do, Sheila, is try my best, and uh, the same within us, and just hope that, you know, that he will be able to drive us home from the pub someday hmm. in the future. In his in his, um, Whatever adapted car you live, <laughs> I love it. Well,
3: actually, before because I really do want to yes. have a quick word with Noah at the end. But just before we do, there was when I was scrolling through your Instagram page, I came across a post from last October that really hit me. I have to say, Um I just I thought it was absolutely beautiful, uh, but in a, it was it was bittersweet, and it was when he asked both yourself and Dennis a question. Um, and he said I I hold you all back don't I but it was what you said back to him and what you wrote in that post that really really made me think do you mind if we talk about that
2: no I don't no actually I'm tearing up now thinking about it but that was hard Um, and we were in the car at the time and I was like oh my god how do you answer this and all I thought was I just all I could think of is do you do like you know, we spend our whole lives waiting for the future. And I just thought, you know what, Noah, we would not have done half of what we had done if he hadn't come along. Yeah. Like he is the one that has made us to all the things we've done in the last 10 years. Yeah. It's Like only for him, like and you know, for him to ask that question then. And sure, all he did then was, okay, so, all right. And Hmm. I I spent the night nearly crying about it. (laughs) He didn't think any more about it. Oh, but yeah, you know, and that's that's the one and only time I ever want him to think that. That was it. I don't ever want him to think that again.
3: He sounds very emotionally aware, very emotionally intelligent, is he?
2: Oh, he, oh God, he is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He would be the one like, consoling me nearly. Like, I mean, he's due surgery now next week, again on his spine. OK. And he he's the one that said to me, yeah, sure, I'll be fine. Sure, I'll have to mind, ma'am. Yeah, yeah, Like, yeah. you know, that's Noah all out. He'd be more worried about me being upset because usually he makes Dennis go to the, down to the surgery at the theatre with him and um, because I get too upset and then I make him cry, he said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so where's himself in Dennis? Fist bumpy, John. Yeah. He come, dinner comes out while I'm crying outside waiting for him and um, mm-hmm. so but we have to do it on our own obviously at the moment yeah. so uh, I'll have to do it with him but I didn't cry now the last time in September when he was up so I, I should be okay again this time
3: okay okay yeah do you want to talk to him I'd love to I'd absolutely <laughs> love to
2: okay I'm going to get him there so brilliant two seconds Manto. won't be able to hear, hear you now, okay? Here. Yeah. So you speak into the microphone there, okay? Can you... Oh, closer, closer, closer. Can you
3: get in? Closer, closer, closer. Right, I'm going to hold this up to you now. Say hi to Sheila. Hello. Hey, Noah. How are you? Good. I've been hearing all about you from your mum for the past hour. Yeah. And come here, I believe Japan is on the list of places to go.
4: <laughs> yes, it is.
3: What's so cool about Japan?
4: It's just so there's this theme park that's all about Super Mario, which is my favourite game, and I'm thinking of going there when I'm tall enough or when I can.
3: Oh, class! That'll be brilliant. Do you play it every day?
4: Uh, more or less. Yeah.
3: More or less. And what we what are we dealing with? Are you are you are you pretty good?
4: I'm quite so very good, yes.
3: Are you quite so very good? And come here. Um, I believe that you're kind of done with the whole mountain climbing thing. You did the Galtee Mountains, but you don't really, you're not really feeling doing it again.
4: No, not really. No, and <laughs> it was fun when we did the Galtees, but it's kind of going off now.
3: Is it? Is it once was enough. Yeah. <laughs> what What else do you want to do? Because at the moment, I know you're 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 at home. You're at home with with your mum and your dad and your sister, and you're doing the home homeschooling thing. What's the, What's yeah. your mum like as a teacher? Pretty good. Is she all right? Yeah. Yeah, she's all right. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, what are you looking forward to now for the year ahead? Um,
4: I'm looking forward to well. I'm just looking forward to, uh, you know, meeting everyone with, like, my friends and everything because with COVID now that I can't really see anyone. Yeah. So I, so next year I should be fine again and I can meet my friends and everything.
3: Brilliant. So, well, I hope I get yeah. to meet you someday. Yeah. I really hope so. Well, come here. Brilliant talking to you, Noah. Thank you so much. Do you want to? If, if, yeah. Is your mum there as well? Can I just say hi to both of you? Or you probably, your mum won't hear me, will yeah. she?
2: No, I can hear you there, all right. You can
3: hear me. Brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely gorgeous to talk to both of you. And um, um, you're clearly playing that. a blinder. You're clearly playing a blinder. He didn't hang you out there when I asked what the homeschooling <laughs> was like. So <laughs> you're doing That's well. That's
2: good. That's good. Yeah. You can have yeah. that
3: bar of chocolate. Ah, <laughs> oh, it's been an absolute joy. Thank you so much. Thanks a million. Thanks
2: Sheila. I'm,
3: look, I'm look, really appreciate it. Oh, and I really appreciate it. I, I hope we get to meet in person someday. I really hope we do.
2: In Japan. In Japan. In
3: Japan. In, in,
2: when, in, when, when you do the documentary for us, you can be stuff
3: <laughs> And I'll be keeping an eye out of those sponsored posts. I hope they'll be rolling in now after this.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a million.
3: To follow Sharon on Instagram, that is if you don't already, you'll find her at our wheelie big journey. And if you enjoyed this episode, please support it by doing any or all of the following. Share it with family or friends, post on social, click follow, give a rating or leave a little comment. Whatever you do, I'd be so thankful. You've been listening to Ready To Be Real Conversations.